1: Hey, welcome in everybody. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen here with you. Matt Verram should be joining us soon. The man's, got, the man's got children. He's got a family to take care of. I don't know what else to say. He's out there. He's doing his thing, picking up kids from daycare, all that fun stuff, but he should be with us soon. So welcome to everybody who's, uh, who's watching live on YouTube and anybody who might be out there listening to the audio version of this podcast. And we appreciate all of you. Uh, we got a lot to get to today in the world of the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm misspeaking. Maybe not a lot. It's a slow time of year, right? Minicamp camp stuff is concluded. And right now everybody kind of scatters. And uh, this is the chance to take that one last breather for the players before training camp, which will be happening in about the third week of July. I want to say it's the 23rd off the top of my head when the rookies report to training camp so we'll give some, some people some time to get in here in the chat. Hey, what's up Gary. Uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about today on the podcast, of course is the sophomores. Uh, the sophomores for the chiefs and you know, the chiefs had a, a really good draft last year. And it's time to look ahead at what production the team might get from guys like Nick Bolton, Trey Smith. You know, there's some names in there that obviously were big contributors last year. But as we head into this season, what about, you know, people like Noah Gray? What about Joshua Kane, uh, So we need to talk about all of them. Seeing what's up on the chat. What's up, Gary H? I work on the West Coast. I can't be here often, but I'm here today. I appreciate you being here. We really love all of our community members. You guys are the best. John F. says, awesome draft in 21. Yeah, absolutely. T- uh, Timo NB, hey, man, greetings from Germany. That's pretty, That's you know, I th- I thought for sure the Chiefs were going to play the Bucks in Germany this year. And I'm really bummed because I've never been to Germany and I really wanted to go. And that would have been an absolutely perfect excuse. Maybe I could have even gotten work to pay for it. We gets, what's that mean, John F? Um, I don't, I didn't take your I took Spanish, but I don't remember any of that either. But thank you everybody for popping in. So we're going to talk about the sophomore players uh in just a minute. But before we get to all that, I got to talk to you about one of the reasons we're here and we're able to be here to give you this cheese content. And that's because of KC Beer. Beer the Arrowhead Attic Podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. It's the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City. If you're a regular Listener to this podcast, you know all this. They actually brew their beer, according to the Germany German purity laws, speaking of Germany, of 1516, using only four ingredients, malt, hops, water, and yeast. You know, I actually toured the brewery there in Kansas City last time I was in town. It was really cool. Um, I actually got to taste some of the ingredients fresh out of the out of the bag. It was pretty pretty awesome. It's just amazing to me. You know, brewing beer sounds like it would be cool. It's something that I would like to do. But then when like you kind of like actually look and see all that goes into it, it's basically like chemistry. You're doing all this stuff. It's pretty complicated. So maybe I, I just I probably should just stick to what I'm good at, which is drinking it. But thank you to the Kansas City Beer Company at KC Beer Co on Twitter for sponsoring this podcast. Give them a shout out if you would. Reach out to them on Twitter and let them know you heard about their beer on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. And of course, if you see it in the store, look for the red carton and give it a try. All right, let's kind of dive into some of our topics here. The first one I wanted to talk about, of course, let's talk about the hype around wide receiver Justin Watson. So this is a really interesting signing. I'm sure if you guys have been on Twitter, you've maybe seen, like there's been like a little bit of buzz about Watson. So here's the, it's, if, if you're not familiar, he was drafted in 2018 by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in the fifth round out of the University of Pennsylvania. Now the Chiefs signed him on February 4th. He's 6'3", 215, and he's not really done anything in the NFL of any note. He's He's got 23 receptions, 258 yards, and three touchdowns. He was injured last summer for the Bucks, he had a knee injury in the summer. He missed 15 games, and when he came back, he only played on special teams upon his return. Uh, did some some return duties and things like that. His career stats: 23 receptions, 258 yards, three touchdowns, and he hasn't played a, 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 an offensive snap since Week 14 of 2020. But there has been buzz around this this player in the mini camps. So I'm interested for all of you out there in the chat, fire off because I'm solo. So you're co-host of the show. What are your opinions on Justin Watson? What what are your opinions of the buzz? So here's here's where it all came out. It was essentially, so I noticed that Pete Sweeney over at Arrowhead Pride at SB Nation, he noticed uh, going, he's got credentials. So he's there in Kansas City. He's going to mini camp and, and, and some of the off-season activities. And he noticed Watson flashing at different points throughout the summer. And then on Good Morning Football, our old pal Peter Schrager, longtime supporter of the Chiefs kingdom and of Patrick Mahomes, he said, buzz out of minicamp is that he can make an impact. I believe he will make the team. Now that... Was I hadn't really given Watson too much thought. It's, he seemed like a camp signing, right? But the more that you think about it, they signed him really early in the offseason, so that was that was a target for them. And when you really start to think about it, it's tough to make the team. As a, there's maybe, what, two wide receiver slots open that are up for grabs on the team right now? I mean, you, you know, you, MVS, he's going to make the team. Juju Smith-Schuster, going to make the team. McCole Hardman, going to make the team. You know, after that, you, 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 and, and of course, Sky Moore, who was just drafted, is going to make the team. So you, once you start looking at that, you're, you're like, maybe okay, maybe I can fit two more. And special teams play, special teams ability is is important. Mark's Kemp's not on the team anymore, and some of the other receivers that are there, like a guy like Josh Gordon, he's a little bit long in the tooth. I know a lot of us like Darius Fountain, so. Uh, looking at the chat to see what you guys think uh, about this player. Uh, we have a we have a poll in there too about what time Burrow is going to arrive. i got to put my vote in there as well. But what do you guys think? Yeah, Matt Matt Peterson says got to see the pads on first. But the Chiefs have the best coaching staff in the league. It wouldn't surprise me if we can make something happy there happen there. That's what's kind of interesting, right? Is Peter Schreger? He was in Kansas City for some kind of charity event and Gary says hype means nothing until we see him in an actual game. I agree. Peter Schrager was there and he was at a charity event in which Brett Veach participated in. So, you know, Schrager's a, he's a plugged in guy. He probably knows something that we don't know. Now now that doesn't mean that he was told by Brett Veach, Hey, this guy's definitely going to make the team. But what it might mean is that Brett Veach said, Hey, you know, there's this is a guy to keep an eye on. Um, And Schrager, of course, is talking to other media as well uh john f says hype equals trade bait that's interesting i don't know i don't even with some camp hype i don't know how much trade bait, and maybe maybe it, it be, but he would have to show out probably in the preseason i think to to end up his trade bait i don't think you know hey he looked great in shorts and t-shirts and minicamp is is going to bring in a third round pick or anything like that verter should be joining us in just a minute but i do think it's really interesting And uh, Pete Sweeney over at Arrowhead Pride, he said the same thing on Twitter. He believes Watson is going to make the team. Uh, He thinks those last two slots are going to go to Josh Gordon and Watson. Now, there are other guys out there that, that we do know a little bit about. First of all, there's Josh Gordon, who somehow manages to come up on the podcast all the time, despite his utter lack of production when he was with the Chiefs last year and in recent years. But... As an athletic specimen, he's very impressive. Although he is, over, you know, on the wrong side of thirty, does he? The, the Chiefs made a point to bring him back. He made a point to come back to Kansas City. How does he look this year? Now that he's had a full offseason, he's had a year in the system. Does he squeeze in there? What about Justin Ross, who a lot of people love? His, you know, looking at his athleticism on paper, that's a guy. Maybe we really want to get it sneak into that last last spot. I really liked what I saw out of Fountain last year. Is is it is it going to be Fountain? So there's a lot of guys, and Corey Coleman, who is another talented guy that they signed this in the back end of the roster. So there's a lot of really interesting guys that all have potential, and there's something to like about them. But the fact of the matter is, they're just not all going to make the team. It's going to be probably two of them. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast.
1: Easier said, done.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
1: The hype around wide receiver, Justin Watson, which I didn't, I got to say, I didn't see that coming. I didn't, I didn't see me sitting here in the end of June talking about whether or not Justin Watson's going to make the team, but some people that we know and respect, including Pete Sweeney over at Arrowhead Pride and Peter Schrager over at NFL Network have both said recently, he's been balling out in camp. He's caught Patrick Mahomes' eye and they think he's going to make the team. We haven't talked about him on this podcast. What's your opinion on the, on the, on the Watson hype? I mean, it'd be great. I'm not banking on it.
2: It feels like every year there's like one or two guys everybody goes crazy about. Like, look, if he he turns out to be a big help for them, awesome. But I I think it's going to be hard for him to make any real impact. I mean, just look at their depth chart. It's going to be really difficult. So can he help them? Maybe. It's worth giving a shot. We're taking a long look in the preseason, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't sit there and think to myself, "Oh, he's definitely going to be uh, a, a you know a breakout guy." I mean, they have Harden, they have more, they have Walter Scantling, MBS, they have Gordon, they have Ross, they have they have Fountain. They, it's going to be very hard for him to make the team, let alone actually play a significant role.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I, I think look, I mean, it could be a surprise, you know, where like I do really feel like those last two spots are up for grabs. I don't think Fountain. Josh Gordon, you know uh, Watson, I don't think any of those guys have a stranglehold to definitely make the team. And I will say, though, if if they really like what he can do special teams, which he did contribute on special teams with Tampa Bay, that could be his in. He could slide into that Marcus Kemp role if Dave Tobe loves what he can do on special teams, and maybe that's one of the reasons they signed him was maybe they knew Marcus Kemp probably wasn't going to come back. They signed him really early in the offseason season. It's interesting, but it'll be something we've talked about. The end of that wide receiver depth chart is going to be something that we want to keep an eye on in the preseason. It's going to be that along with running back is going to be kind of one of the more interesting storylines from a skill position perspective, at least. So, um, hey, it's never a bad thing to hear be hearing good things about guys coming out of this time of year, you know? Um, it doesn't always mean that it's going to come to fruition, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I would take it with a huge grain of salt. I, I think, look, realistically speaking, like you pretty much know who the main characters in this offense are going to be. I've right. had a really hard time thinking that any of these other guys – I mean, look, we've talked about Justin Ross, who is talented to the roof, and I've said repeatedly on here, like, look, if he has more than like 300, 400 yards, this is an incredible season. The reality of yeah. it is they just are not going to have the targets. You now, all those guys I just mentioned earlier didn't mention Travis Kelsey, didn't mention Jerry right. Fortin. Didn't mention yeah. all the running backs that they're going to be giving the ball to, so yeah. it's just hard. Like, look, Justin Watson. It's all fine and well, but it's just it's going to be it's going to be really hard. I think if you're looking for a guy who's asleep, who's going to really play, like I look at their secondary, I look at their defensive line. Like that's where you could get snaps. I think you're going to have a hard time getting snaps on the offense if you're not one of the more established guys.
1: Yeah, agreed. It's going to be fascinating to see how it all comes together. Hey, man, I had to I, I had to ask you that we were supposed to talk about this at the top of the show. It's uh, we got a little holiday coming up. Going to celebrate the. The birthday of our country. You got any plans for the 4th of July? Work. I'm on the schedule for it. Oh. No. Work, grill, maybe go to see
2: fireworks with the kids. Although both kids right now, one one of them is sick as a dog. The other one, the little one I'm staring at right now, is about ready to start screaming and might be getting sick. So uh, no, uh, just pray that by by the weekend, it's not a full-blown disaster at the household. Uh, but no, other than that, grill, see some fireworks, maybe if we're lucky. Otherwise, yeah. Layla, uh,
1: you? Uh, we're gonna go up to Wisconsin spend some time with the in-laws uh, up at the lake house up there so it'll be nice uh we lived up there for six months while we were buying our house so it's the first time I've been back in a year it'll be nice to get up there and, and check it out what's your go-to grill brats burgers
2: dogs nice. you know I'm not I'm not fancy it's very just straightforward I'm not you know I'm not gonna sit there and I'm not one of these guys that has like eight grills at the house and kind con- I don't I don't have time for that. Uh, I got burgers, two. Dogs, brats, that'll cover it.
1: You know, I always think when I go to a barbecue that, like, I never go to a, a cookout and have, like, so, at somebody's house and have, like, a fantastic burger. I always feel like they're buying in bulk. They get, like, the frozen Walmart burgers or whatever, which are just terrible. So that's why I always go for the brat. The brat, a brat's a brat's a brat. As long as they don't like burn the crap out of it, you know, that's going to be good. Same thing with a hot dog. They warm up the hot dog. You know what it's going to taste like. I try to stay away from burgers at at barbecues. Somebody's got chicken breast. No, thank you. I didn't come to a barbecue to eat chicken breast.
2: No, you're sadistic. Yeah. yeah. Give me potato salad with some seasoning for the love of God. None of that like Walmart's like potato salad, Mac salad, pasta any kind of salad that's not healthy for you. I'm in. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah,
1: burger, hog, some chips, some beer, I'm good. Cold beer. That is the most important thing. Hey, if you guys like the Arrowhead Attic podcast, please consider becoming a member of the Arrowhead Attic family. Members get access to special emojis and loyalty badges that they can use during our live YouTube streams. And they also get an invite to our private Discord where they can hang out with the Arrowhead Attic hosts. That's us. That's Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. We talk Chiefs football, movies, beer, so much more. Members get invites to private events with the hosts, like virtual happy hours. Uh, n- week after next, uh, I believe we're doing uh, trivia. Should be fun. All right, let's talk about these sophomores, Ram. So this was an interesting article over at Arrowhead Addict. Our, our co-host Matt Connor wrote it up, and he talked about you know the Chiefs are looking for big seasons, big contributions from their sophomores. And so I wanted to go through them one by one and kind of get your thoughts on what you expect from each player. Now, look, there's. There's three guys on this list, obviously, in Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, and uh, Trey Smith that contributed significantly last year. So they're really interesting, but there's some other guys on there as well that we want to talk about to see can can they move into that level that those three guys were at last year at least. But let's start with Creed Humphrey, already regarded as one of the better centers in the NFL. Is this the year he makes the leap to being the best center in the NFL? I mean, where does he have to go after last season?
2: I mean, he's already a top three center in the league, in my opinion. He could definitely be that. Look, I, it's really interesting because they play right next to each other, right? Like with Humphrey yeah. and Smith. So you look at them and go, well, how good could they be as a tandem as they get more experience with each other? Uh, but Humphrey, he's, I hate the term. I, I hate this term because it's so overused, but he is a special player. But that guy to be that good immediately is insane. Like on most teams, like Trey Smith would have been the best rookie in the team by a mile, and he's at best second. He might be third, depending on your opinion of like where you slot him in Bolton. I think Humphrey. Look, Humphrey's got like Hall of Fame level talent. I'm not saying he's going to go to the Hall of Fame, but he's the kind of guy who could be like an eight time All Pro, one time Pro Bowler, like that. That kind of a thing. Where you look at a guy like that and just go, look. I mean, yeah, he's he's rare air type stuff. They have a lot of talent. They have a. I mean, those those guys in that second year group that looks like a home run of the class. And yeah, undoubtedly. Look, Humphrey leads the way.
1: Do you think? Do you think Creed makes an All Pro team this year? Yes,
2: I think he'll at least make second team, and he might make first team. He yeah. is he is dominant. Like when you go back and watch their games, and you just watch him. He never loses on a down. Like there are certainly like, times you when know, guys stalemate, whatever. You know that happens all the time. But if you're if you're a center and you stalemate, I mean, you win ultimately, right? Yeah. There are very very few times. Like I'm talking like count hands amount throughout the course of the year where he loses a snap you know a guy swims past and the guy bulls him into the backfield like he's just i think a lot of it has to do with his wrestling background you know when you play that position especially center a lot of it is about leverage it's about i mean a a lot of times with left tackle right tackle left guard right guard not say it's not about leverage but it there's a little bit more you know you can you a little bit more power. You're a center. The second the ball is snapped, obviously, it's by you. Like, you're off balance for a quick second. So a lot yeah. of that is immediate hand placement, getting to the spot you need to get to, and understanding to get under the guy. Like, it's, it's, it's really difficult. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you could be head up on a guy who's 340 pounds. You know, you're not going to get that. I know you're going to get the speed on the edge, but you're not going to get that kind of power on, on the on the outside. So yeah. he's, he's a rare special type talent and look he's fl- the other thing that helps him is he's flanked by two fantastic guards I mean yep. he doesn't have to always help guys like he doesn't have to do that with them they, they have all that talent around them so no they're they're phenomenal inside
1: yeah and he's got Patrick Mahomes back there too so you've got you've got an, a quarterback that's elusive that has good pocket presence um so it's all working in the Chiefs favor Jalen uh in the chat said you know, we're talking about these sophomores making the leap. You've got to think maybe it's possible some of them have a drop. I think, obviously, that's always on the table, especially when you come in and you play really well. I don't think we see a drop from Creed this year. I think he only gets better as the offensive line gels in that position. Of course, anything's possible, but let's hope not. Uh, we're talking about maybe making the all-pro team. All right, next up is one uh, I, a lot of Chiefs fans love this player, Nick Bolton, who really – we. St- He's really great and fun to talk about because you actually saw that a lot of times when we talk about guys making the leap, it's oh they came in in year one, they were okay, and they made the leap in year two, or especially year three is sometimes when when players really make a leap. With Nick Bolton, and this is what you want to see out of a rookie, you saw that progression in season from from week one to week seventeen in the playoffs. Nick Bolton was was a was almost like a different player, and he wasn't. He always had the flashes, but by the end of the year, he was terrific. What what do you foresee for him this season if he continues on that trajectory?
2: I mean, look, he he has Pro Bowl talent. He's he's funny because he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's so instinctive that he makes up for it. Like Willie Gay runs like a receiver, right? Like Willie Gay can have he can have a false step and still get there because he's so fast. Bolton is kind of the opposite of that. Bolton can't have a false step, but he's so instinctual that he gets there. He blows plays up. You're right. Like, early in the year, he'd have a play here and there. But a lot of times, I thought he was late to the play. He, you know, it seemed like he was thinking a little more, than you'd expect from a rookie, especially at that position. Mid-season on, I mean, how many times did he just blow plays up? I remember, like, the playoff game against Buffalo. There multiple times, like, on third and short. He would just be in the backfield. He'd blow up a couple drives. So, yeah. he's... He's terrific. And again, he's another guy. He's flanked by Willie Gay. He's behind Chris Jones. Like it all works in tandem. I think he could be a pro bowler. I do. He he's a guy like if you said 150 tackles, ten tackles for loss, three sacks, a pick, you'd be yeah, I could I could see him doing it.
1: And this is a guy who, as you mentioned, not the most athletic, perfectly fine athlete for NFL standards, he's got to use it up here. And so he's likely to take over for Anthony Hitchens as is, as one of the leaders of that defense and calling out the plays and getting everybody organized. There's a reason for that. There's a reason he's that guy. And if he's, if he's got as, as Andy Reid is fond of saying the gigabytes is what he used to say about Alex Smith all the time. That's what you need in a player in that position. The chiefs are going to need lots of that with a, with a bunch of young players on defense, and that's going to help him overcome any potential or some, of the potential athletic disadvantages that he might have by being in the right place at the right time by reading plays at the line of scrimmage. And we saw him doing that last year, shooting gaps like a monster um, making plays in the backfield. That's I'm really excited to see now that he's not only had a whole season under his belt, but he's had a whole off season to watch film. He gets a whole nother off season program. You know, I, you know what it's like anytime you go do something new, or if you started a new job or whatever, or, you're, you're you don't know what the hell you're doing the first couple of you know weeks or whatever you're getting your I'm bearings. There for seven you're, years, I still haven't figured out half of it, right? you don't know what's going on, and so it's going to be really fascinating. He's coming in; he's a veteran now. He's confident. He knows his place in the. He knows his role, and now he can just focus on what he needs to do to get better and helping the team win. And that's a really exciting process, prospect for the Chiefs. All right, next up is Joshua Kando. So the Chiefs need help, right? They need help rushing the passer. Need help at defensive end. He's what twenty three years old. Not going to turn twenty four until December. Didn't see much out of him so far. Do you expect anything, any leap for Kendo, or is it just rotational backup player? Yeah, I mean, look
2: if he if he becomes rotational player, it's a step up, right? I I don't expect a ton. Uh, You know, you're hopeful, sure, but I don't. I don't expect him to do anything. I don't, I don't look at him and say, yeah, I expect him to have six sacks this year. Like, I, don't, I don't feel that way. I think if they took him out of Florida State as a flyer on his on his upside, he was a big-time high school recruit, didn't really translate at FSU, mm-hmm. but he's one of these like potential guys. Like, the, the old man has a saying that potential is a fancy word for saying he's never done anything. <laughs> look, Joshua McCain though, has talent, but would I expect him to do anything? No. I think there's a reason they spent a first-round pick on George Karloftis. Like, yep. They knew they needed help there. Kendo does anything? Hey, it's great. It's, it's it's all it's all gravy. I don't I don't think you can go into the season banking on him to do anything.
1: Agreed. Um, and you're right. I, that's the same thing I was thinking. Is hey, they they drafted just, and They brought back Frank Clark. And if they were seeing something out of Kendo that they thought he could go in there and and start, much in the way that they had a lot of uh, confidence in uh in their right tackle, whose name I can't spit out at the moment. Injured last year. No, oh, no, 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 Yang, Yang, yeah, yeah, like we knew they liked Lucas Yang. We knew that they thought you know he could maybe step into that role. It's debatable how how well he actually performed, but you know he was okay, and that was a guy that they went into the season feeling good about. This is not the case with this position, so I don't think we'll see much out of Kane. Doe, but hopefully we do. Boy, that would be that's that something like that, somebody emerging like that can can really help a team like the Chiefs really go far if you've got another rotational pass rusher in there who can make some noise, but next up and is a guy unlike uh, Kando who actually got, he was last year's training camp darling and then did next to nothing in the season. And that's Noah Gray. Everybody loved what they saw to Noah, And and that's continued by the way, this off season in many camps, there've been some good reports about him flashing. What do you expect out of Noah Gray this year? Or is it going to be a, another season similar to last year, where it's just like, hey man, you're on a team with Travis Kelsey, and that's yeah. that.
2: Oh, I'll tell you, like they could not have been higher on Noah Gray. Like there were times people around that building talked to me and were like, yeah, I, I think going to be the best rookie we have. I mean, think like think about that. Yeah. Like compared to how that class worked out. No, I, I think it's hard. I think what also happened to him was Jody Fortson happened. Like early yeah. in the year, Jody Fortson looked really good before he got hurt. Yeah. Now, to be fair, once Fortson went down, it wasn't like they turned to Noah Gray and he you know, like stepped up. So, yeah, I, like it's hard. Like, what is he at best? Tight end three? You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's not going to be more than that. It's just, again, it's going to be so hard. I'm not saying he, he can't step up at some point. I think he didn't even have a, a playoff touchdown against against either Pittsburgh or Buffalo. He did against one of them. Yeah. I think it was against Pittsburgh. He scored a touchdown. But I, I just I have a hard time with guys like that. Like he's just buried on the depth chart. It's just hard. It's the same thing I just yeah. said about Watson at receiver. I don't even if you're talented, like what is your opportunity? It's very yeah. difficult. So I, yeah. I think it's I think it's hard for him to make a huge impact.
1: Yeah. And as long as Travis Kelsey is out there rocking and rolling for another season, uh, you know, I don't want to see any other tight end getting the ball thrown to him, <laughs> you know, unless it's part of some you know, master plan by Reed to to trick defenses, Uh, but it's probably only going to be occasional spot work. All right, next up, a guy we think may not even make the team, Cornell Powell, obviously was not highly regarded in camp last year, hung around on the practice squad. Is this his chance to break in or is he going to be a casualty of, again, they brought in all these receivers. Now, of course, they had to replace Tyreek Hill, so it was smart to load up. So it's not necessarily a, a, an indictment on on Powell, but this was a guy that was raw, was a late-round pick. Do you, do you see him doing anything this year?
2: No. Uh, I think if Cornell Powell makes a team, it would be an upset. Yeah. And, this was, I, and I liked him last year, by the way. I, watching a state Clemson, I thought, like, okay, I thought he, he reminded me a lot of Jason Avant, like mm. that type of receiver. Yeah. But again, like, he couldn't make it last year when that receiving core was not as good at toward the bottom. He's going to make it this year? Like, you never want to count out a guy. Like, sometimes some dude makes a huge jump you know, maturity-wise, you know, in a physical sense. It's just hard. Again, like where yeah. – I have a, I have an extraordinarily hard time making him a top-six receiver on this team. I think yeah. it's more likely if he has a good preseason that they would trade him. You know, right. trade him for like a seventh-round pick or something and just try to get some value. I, I just think it's really hard for him, the position he plays, to make that team.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs drafted the guy and then, you know, put him to the practice squad and kept Darius Fountain on the roster. So that tells you what you need to know about what they saw out of him. And then next up is, and hey, look, we're wishing all these guys the best. You know, Joshua Kendo, their Chiefs, Cornell Powell. We want them all to make the team. We want them all to to blossom and, and contribute and be, be turned into great players. But you know, the fact of the matter is. It just, that's not how it works out for everybody. This is the NFL. So, um, you know, maybe if it doesn't work out for the with these some of these guys for the Chiefs, maybe they catch on at other places. There's, there's lots of, you know, receiver needy teams and defensive end needy teams out there. And sometimes it happens. We see players leave the Chiefs and go on to have a good solid career elsewhere. All right. Last up, of course, Trey Smith, much like in the mold of Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey. What do you think Trey Smith's going to do this year? Is it the same? Do you think he's got a shot at all pro? Trey Smith, uh Destroyer of Worlds. Yeah. All pro, maybe I
2: feel like it's I feel like that might be a jump. I can see him being a pro bowler, though, for sure. Like, you could argue he should have been one last year. I mean, he – one thing about him that's funny is, like, Humphrey is so technically great that there's not a lot of times where Humphrey, like, destroys a guy, you know? It's like a highlight reel. He's just – he's so consistently great. Smith has some dips every once in a while, like, he'll get beat. But then on the flip side of that, like, there are other times where, like, he will just hilariously pancake some guy. Like, to the point where you're like, oh, you almost fell. You're like, oh, my God. Like, he he just leveled that guy. My favorite thing about Trey Smith is his nastiness. Like he'll yep. hit a guy and knock him down, and the guy's just like on the ground, like contemplating his life choices. And then Smith just <laughs> drills him in the back as hard as you know. Like that guy's yeah. done. That guy's not only done for this play; he's done for multiple plays. I think that in the end, he's going to be a guy who makes a bunch of Pro Bowls. Like he he would have been a top fifty pick in the draft last year if he, if he had not had his blood clot issues back in Tennessee. So this is not a kid that like wow nobody knew he was good. A lot of people knew he was good. They just didn't know about his health. The Chiefs took their risk. They felt comfortable with it. To this point, it's paid off. I think he's got pro I think he has all pro potential, but I think this year, like I could definitely see him being a pro bowler.
1: Yeah, he's definitely got it, man. I, I saw a clip the other day that our, our pal Seth Kaiser tweeted out of him like, you know, he's 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 got help with Creed on a guy and he's he's keeping it. you can see right from the snap, he's keeping an eye on the right tackle to make sure he can slide over and help. And he just comes over, and the, the guys try. I forget who they were playing, but the the rusher tries to do a spin move around the right tackle. And when he comes around in a spin, Trey Smith is there and just levels the guy. Just I saw the clip. Absolutely. It's uh, yeah. it's Max Crosby. That was Max Crosby. It was, it was yeah, and That game yeah. that
2: the Raiders stepped
1: on the Chiefs logo and then proceeded yeah. to give up forty eight yeah. points in that game. That was a microcosm for how that whole game went for the Raiders. That play, but just it was it was it was such a great clip because not only was he doing a good job. You know, helping his teammate, you know, helping Creed Humphrey, but he had his head as soon as that snap went off, he knew what he was supposed to be doing, you know, which is protect the middle and keep an eye on the right tackle and be ready to help. And I don't, I didn't have the rest of the plan there. So I didn't see what the result was, but Pat was moving up and to the right. And so, you know, he could have either ran right into Max Crosby and got his clock cleaned. But instead, Max Crosby got his clock cleaned and Pat was able to run out of there. And I don't remember the result of the play, but that's exciting. That nasty streak. And I think we all agree that the Chiefs needed more of that, both on offense and defense. Very much have been a finesse offense and seeing some, a little bit of nastiness, a little bit of attitude where they can get up and just smack people in the mouth, both on offense and defense. I think there's no doubt. I mean, this is a game where you've got to move another grown man against as well. So toughness Toughness matters, Uh, and you often see inferior teams who are tough frustrate other teams and stay in games they probably have no business being in for that reason alone. So I'd love to see more nastiness out of the Chiefs all across the board.
2: Well, I don't think it was a mistake or an accident in their draft. They took a ton of guys, especially on defense, who are fast and physical. Like that (laughs) doesn't you don't when you see a theme across pretty much every pick you have, it's not a mistake. It's not okay. a coincidence. Like, go turn on Leo Chennault's tape. Go turn on even McDuffie, who's not a big guy, but like how he tackles. Go turn on his tape. Go go turn on the tape of Carl Loftus and look at his power. Go look at Brian Cook, who basically was running a lot in terms of his physicality at Cincinnati, like just killing guys one after the next. They took guys, even Joshua Williams, or the, the corner out of, um, oh, it's, it's escaping me at the moment, uh, Lafayette. Uh, like, look, at, look at those tapes. It's all fast Physical kids, every one of them, and they—they were not that last year. They were not fast. You know, the only place was they were fast and physical last year was linebacker. Yep, that was it. That was it. There was you know Tyron Matthew. He's had a better career than Justin Reed, but Justin Reed at this point in time is more athletic like again not a mistake they brought in guys who can run who can hit last year they they had a million guys who couldn't do either and or or who struggled to do it and you know I'm not a big like addition by subtraction guy I think a lot of times it's like overused I don't know what their defense is going to be this year because they got a million young guys okay they're going to make mistakes you don't know if these kids are going to end up being good players or not but with Sorensen and Neiman being gone Like, I I have to total it up. I'll go look after this. I would be willing to bet over a 1,000 snaps combined between the two of them. Like, that is a huge difference just not having those two on the field. And I don't – listen, I'm not trying to run those guys down. Like, they did the best they could. But they're just physically not guys who you look at and say, well, there's just a ton of talent there. You know, Sorensen's older. Neiman's always been eliminated athletically. It is what it is. But how many times did teams just pick on those two players? Can't do it anymore. That matters a lot.
1: And and I think Sorensen's kind of a cautionary tale of, you know, here's a guy who he could put a lick on you in his day, right, when he was in top form. He was not the most athletic guy, but he could put a lick on you, and he often knew where to be. That did not happen at the end of his career. But you look at some of the contributions that he made to the team, obviously the, the, the game against the Browns, the hit he put on, Ah, uh, the player diving for the end zone, you know that was a massive, massive play. Dude. you need guys like that, and they can contribute uh, in that way. So it's gonna be fascinating to see how it all plays out. I can't I cannot wait to get a look at these guys in the preseason. I hope everybody stays healthy. Hey, did you guys know that the Arrowhead Attic podcast has swag? I'm rocking the hat right now, the Adidas Arrowhead Attic podcast hat. Check it out. In the uh, link in the description. Check out our store if you wanna wanna get some uh get on some of this gear. By the way, do you know we're on TikTok now, Verderam? You haven't posted anything yet. You're on there, you're featured on there. But I know when I think cutting edge social media platforms, I think Matt Verderam. Look, man. I don't even know how to use that. Like, we'll eventually have to get me
2: on it. Okay, I, I'm dealing with I'm dealing with two kids, one of which is all kinds of messed up upstairs, and the other one she's currently looking at me right now, just like kind of annoyed. Yeah, yeah TikTok and Matt Verteram are not exactly like best friends, but at some <laughs> point. We'll have to get it rolling and figure it out That point has not been reached yet
1: Yeah, uh, you guys can check it out It's at Arrowhead Attic Pod on TikTok um, I'm sure we'll probably put a link to that In the description as well Maybe we will, I don't know, we'll have to ask Producer Richard But um, check it out, there'll be different kind of, It's a cool thing because you'll see old clips on there Old interviews and and then there's some, some New content that we're creating as well That you can only get on TikTok And there's YouTube shorts, there's all kinds of content We're everywhere, so check it out If you're on the TikTok, follow us there We'd like to see those numbers go up as well. All right. Next up, I I just, I wanted to talk to you about, again, this is like the most end of June podcast topic ever for a football podcast is Chad Henney. And this, this is another one that came from an article that, that uh, Matt Connor wrote on the website, which I thought was a fair question. And is, is Chad Henney on the roster bubble? For the Chiefs. Now listen, this is a guy. Chad Henny's almost damn near as old as me. He turns thirty seven on July second. I'm I turned thirty nine last month. An so old yeah, old man, he's about two years younger than me. Is is d- do you think he makes the team or is or do you think Sh- Shane Bouchel is ready, or does he have a chance to to, to make Henny unemployed this preseason? I think it's a chance. I think it's a chance.
2: They have like kinda of gone out of their way to protect Shane Bouchel. So um, when that happens, I don't think that's that's something that you take lightly. You kind of notice it, especially at that position where, you know, the start is not going anywhere. So, yeah, I think I think there's a chance. I don't think it's a given, but I, I, I do think that it's possible. And look, Henny Henny will have his place. It's funny how, like, even though Mahomes is like ushered in this entire new era and is obviously the most important player. Both of his mainstay backup quarterbacks have had like these huge moments for them. Yeah. You know, whether it was Henny in the playoffs against Cleveland or it was Matt Moore, like holding down the fort and going two and one the year they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. But, uh, and by the way, I think to that point, it does show that that position matters. I am always amazed at how many teams have big time aspirations for a Super Bowl and they have me as their backup quarterback. Like, you could <laughs> right. have somebody who can win a game or two. Yeah. You need to have that. So I think Bouchelle's going to have to go out and earn it, but I do think it's possible. And I think it's a fair question. I also think it is the most June 30th conversation imaginable, but it, <laughs> yeah. it's true.
1: It's Joe. Here we are. Um, but hey, listen, I think that too, it, it really speaks those two moments that you mentioned with, with Henny and and Matt Moore, it really speaks to the brilliance of Andy Reid and working with quarterbacks. Now, you know, he wants it's, there's probably a comfortability level for him, which is why he goes through these older veteran guys. But at the same time, Look, man, they are not. They weren't going out there and just running the same crap that they would have been running with Mahomes with Matt Moore. He tailored that game plan, and they hung with the the Packers. They, had a, they, they were in that game. They had a chance to win that game, too, that they lost Aaron Rodgers. So when you've got a coach that's so brilliant that he can take Matt Moore and, and have him on the field competing with Aaron Rodgers, that is special. But at the end of the day, if they get in there for a couple of games, and God knows we don't want to see any of these guys playing in a regular season game ever, but... Things happen. And if you do get him in there, once the offseason comes, nobody's trading for Matt Moore. Nobody's trading for Chad Henney. But if Shane Bouchel goes up there and lights it up, because he's playing a final week of the season game, so they can rest Mahomes, or Mahomes gets an ankle sprain and they need him to sit out a week so he can get better. And that guy goes out there, and with Andy Reid and his game planning, the way he works with quarterbacks looks great. You could be going into the offseason and you could have a chance to be pulling a decent draft pick. And that is, I think, uh, some of the value of having a younger guy. Yeah, well. you have to
0: do it. yeah, you're, it's, you're uh, overcome
1: with babies over there. I am.
2: I'm being overcome with the kids, yes, but uh, it's uh, it's been it's been a day. It's been a day. I'm doing the best I can to vacillate. But, yeah, look, I don't think they're getting a pick for any. I think it would just be to cut him. I, I can't imagine team giving up a pick. All right, We lost Patrick apparently at the worst possible time in the world. Thank you for sticking with us. I uh, will cut that out of the audio por- portion of the people who are watching this god bless you it is what it is folks we got i got a daughter who's got 101 and a half and I'm trying to watch her and make sure she's okay uh which she, she was until about apparently five seconds ago she was taking a nap um and then the little one here might be okay might have gas who can tell they can't talk she's three months old uh but comfortable sort of at the moment um while we get patrick back look i have got a few more minutes left anyway. I want to thank everybody for coming on and watching this June 30th. Hopefully you have a great weekend planned ahead of you. I will say this, from, from a, I mean, it's, it's from a Chiefs perspective, but it's not. It'll be interesting to watch what happens here. Is, is Deshaun Watson is wrapping up his disciplinary uh, hearing. We have uh, Ian Rappaport saying essentially that That uh, Actually, I won't say essential. I'll read exactly what he tweeted. He said, or tweeted, the disciplinary hearing for Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson has ended for the day, which means it is wrapped up after three days. The wait for Judge Sue Robinson ruling begins. Look. I have no inside info on this or anything. I don't I don't want to make it like I do. I don't. I would never BS that. I think he's getting suspended for at least a season. I think it's going to be indefinitely. I think the NFL is smart to make it indefinitely because it gives you latitude. If you suspend him for six-day games, the NFL is going to hear it from every corner. And, and I got to be honest, in my opinion, deservedly so. I can't imagine he's getting less than a full season. And I know some will say, well, he didn't play last year. That was that was his choice. That was his choice. And he got paid $10 million bucks." He's fine. Okay, that he was not suspended last year. He was he was able to be active for every one of those games. Just something to keep in mind here. The NFL loves to bury every single one of these big time news nuggets in the summer. They love to bury them on a Friday. Well, let me tell you something. You got NBA free agency. All this news is college football. You've got a long weekend and a holiday weekend coming up. This is if there's ever a time for the NFL to drop this suspension, it's tomorrow. So keep an eye out there. That's all we've got. For this show, I hope everybody listened. I hope er, er, that listened, appreciate it and enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly appreciate and enjoy talking with all of you. Obviously, hey, if you're going out and you're in the Kansas City area and you're looking to have a good party this weekend, check out the KC Beer Co., okay? The only way to go, I cannot wait. I've got a whole bunch of their culture in my fridge. I can't wait to have a few of them this weekend. I hope you have a great 4th of July. If you're into fireworks, enjoy them. If you're not and you got to cover up your dog out of pure terror, I'm sorry. It's the way it goes this weekend. I've been on both sides of that. But go enjoy the 4th, have a beer, relax, have fun celebrate the country the whole nine okay thank you so much for listening for patrick allen i'm matt Verderan, and we'll see you again right here same time next week